You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We get into their story, the ups, the downs, the doubts, the fears, how they got to where they are now, and how they get through their day to day now. Because what I discover over and over again is that your success, your worth, your value, your enoughness isn't out there somewhere. You don't get it magically once you get to that spot. It's something we have to claim for ourselves every single day. On today's episode, we have Jackie Carr. She's a goal coach, inspirational speaker, and the co-founder of Rock Your Bliss. I got to be a guest on her podcast with Mary Beth LaRue earlier this year, and it was one of my favorite to be on. And so I so loved having Jackie and learning more about her story, because to me, she's a fucking badass, super inspired by her. I just signed up and took her new Goal Speak program to move myself into being a speaker. And so hearing the background on how she got to where she is and all of the like twists and turns and everything, I loved it. Of course. And I know you're going to love it and love her too. So let's get into it. Hi, Jackie. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you, especially because you just got back from one of your Rock Your Bliss retreats. Yeah. Fresh off the retreat boat. Literally got home yesterday afternoon. So how are you feeling post that? I am exhausted, to be honest. (laughs) I love everybody who's like, I'm euphoria. I'm so happy for them. And I came back and it's a lot holding space for people. And we have some amazing humans show up ready to do the big work. And we do it in four days. And then I come home and, you know, my two year or excuse me, she's three. My three year old has a cold and is up till 2.30. I'm like, here we we go, life. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm exhausted, but in the best way from good stuff, you know, like fulfilled, exhausted. Absolutely. Like my calendar is full of things I love to do. And then my evening was full of my child who I love to the depths of the earth. So great. I'm tired for a good reason. And I have an extra coffee ready to roll for our talk. Yeah, I um, myself poured myself a second cup of coffee only because I was talking to you. (laughs) I was like, well, I already had a little bit of coffee this morning. It was like a smaller cup. And I was like, I kind of feel like I want another one. I'm talking to Jackie. So it's cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I say pour it out, girl. Do it. Do that second cup. Today was a big permission day for the second espresso. (laughs) I literally was like, I'm talking to Jackie. I feel like I'm going to want that second cup to feel like I'm on her level. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I already have one cup coursing. So the second one will juice in. So we'll see how it goes as you guys hear the cadence of me and T keep getting ramped up over here. <laughs> All right, so you said that like your calendar is full right now with things that you love to do. Can you think of a time in your life where your calendar was full with things that you didn't feel like you love to do? Yeah, yeah. of course I can. <laughs> I'm a human, thank God. Um, oh man, I worked this one job in my 20s where I like couldn't get out of bed anymore. I hated it so much. I was doing PR I was wearing these silver BCBG heels with shorts 
And I just looked in the mirror and was like, who is that? And I become a version of myself I didn't recognize, nor did I want to be. And so everything on my calendar, I didn't like. How, where were you living at the time? LA. LA. I was work- I was like living in Hollywood, working in Hollywood, doing like press junkets, sending press releases every day, which listen, for some people, that's a badass life. Yeah. And thank God for them. I've hired some of them. So that's amazing. <laughs> but being behind that screen and, oh man, I, I just was very uninspired. And I actually told my roommate, my best friend at the time, and she's still my best friend, but at that time, I was like, I got to get out of Hollywood. So we moved to Santa Monica on a whim just so I could be like somewhat closer to nature to even start to recalibrate. And I would drive into Hollywood and, you know, put the heels on when I got to work. And I was like, oh, this won't, this won't do. But that's okay. I'm glad I went for it so I can know my clear no and my clear yes. (laughs) So how did you, what got you to, you didn't grow up in LA, right? No, what no, got no. you to LA and to taking this job? I mean, I'm guessing that might have sounded like to a lot of people. Yeah, that sounds super exciting to work in PR for right. film releases and be like in Hollywood in the film world. Yeah, I so I moved to LA from I went to school in Indiana. Go Hoosiers. And I studied abroad in Australia. So LA was the closest I could find to that life. So I packed my Jetta, which who didn't have a Jetta back then? <laughs> Um, I packed my very basic Jetta and drove out to LA with my dad. He dropped me off and I worked as an agent for, as an agent's assistant first and then moved into PR and. Did you have a job before you moved to LA or did you move into LA? Just like, this is, I think the vibe that will. Yeah, no job. Just let's do it. I had a couple bucks saved from serving pancakes in the morning at school in college. And then, um, yeah, I just applied for jobs when we got there. And I did, just like you said, I thought it'd be a very glamorous life. I was like, this is it. And it wasn't it. Thank God. But how I got out, by the way, was signing up to run a full marathon. That's how you got out of PR? That's how I got out. I literally needed something to disrupt the status quo of going out every night, drinking every night, being in this like very glam Hollywood world. And I started training for a marathon where you're up, you know, at 7am to run 14 miles on a Saturday. And so that disruption created a new course for living. And I then went to work for a fitness company. So it really supported a whole new being. At that time, were you I mean, were you like a runner? So was that a natural like yeah. thing? So you're running yeah. for, and also, so then you went to college, moved to LA and just started applying to, for jobs. Did you have at that time, like, did you, I want to work in the entertainment industry. I want this. Like, what did you go to school for? Like, did you feel like you had a passion or idea or you were just, you went to college and now you're like, now what? And then like yeah. looking for any job because some people have a direct, yes, this is what I always wanted. And a lot of people are, should do this, yeah. this, uh, maybe this will work. I don't know. Totally. I always thought I'd work in advertising in Nike. That's what I like always thought I specific. would do. Um, <laughs> Not no, just very, very, I was very specific, even though I didn't move to Portland. I moved to LA and I was like, I'll figure it out. 
And then the entertainment industry was one of the quickest jobs I could get there. Yeah. Um, amidst applying for all these like senior level roles, I thought they'd be like, maybe we'll take a chance on her. They didn't. But um, entertainment was the quickest to get in. And I thought I could build my connections and my network there and move in to PR and then easily have a resume built for advertising. Um, so and that was the goal. Why Nike? Oh my God. Are you not a child of the eighties? We like grew up in Nike with like Nike being the, the jam into the nineties. You had Wait. the big, my cousin had one in the, on the back of her car, like the sticker. I, I just had a flashback of me. I think I was in eighth grade. I had a gold Nike ring, a Nike logo, a giant oh, yeah. Nike shirt and like baggy Nike. <laughs> I forgot. It yes. You forgot? I'll just remind you. I had the sweatbands with the swoosh across. I'm not playing tennis. I'm just going out for a walk. Like I was decked in Nike and I actually studied a lot of their advertising campaigns in school. So I majored in communication. Oh, I double majored and gender studies. So I loved Hmm. um, looking at how media was creating uh, our language, our gender understanding are fitness right like men and women masculine and feminine that's so I super that interesting back- especially for like back then it's not like it's that yes. long ago but it kind of was <laughs> no it was and i definitely got like weird looks gender studies what the hell is that and i loved i devoured my classes devoured them do you feel do you know like why that might have been interesting like were you an athlete so like that stuff was sort of coming up or like i was definitely an athlete growing up for sure and I loved Nike as you did too, with your gold logos everywhere. <laughs> and then um, I really loved, it's so interesting actually, great question. I really loved um, dissecting like masculine and feminine. I just remembered, so I, I just remembered I also had Nike socks with the logo. So yeah, just. <laughs> oh, oh my God. It, either Nike written out or just a swoosh all the way up to our knees. And I didn't shave my legs yet. So like, hairs laying over the tube sock. It was awesome. Okay, sorry. And, sorry. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's funny when you keep everybody's flashbacking now. They're like, oh, I had the jumpsuit. Yep. I had the sticker on my rear view. But yes, I, I love gender studies because I think I was really trying to figure out how I fit in. I was friends with a lot of dudes because I was so insecure around other women. Mm. And I grew up as a tomboy. And so, you know, for those of you listening in that time, this was when like Tom Hanks yelled in a league of their own, there's no crying in baseball. You were expected to be really masculine on the field, on the court, and almost delete that you were a a girl. And I think my children, I have two daughters, they're growing up in a different time. Evie has plenty of shirts that say, play like a girl, run like a girl. And I just led an event with Adidas about breaking barriers as women in sport. And so we're getting there. We're not there. We're getting there. But in our time, I felt like it was either or. Be a tomboy or wear dresses. I didn't really understand either or. And I found studying gender studies gave me clues into why I thought that. Mm. And how they dissected women's bodies. Or even like they would show a woman's body and then cut her head off. And so we studied what that meant for women in culture when you're not showing their face and you're only showing their body huh. and how that shows up and creates, oh my gosh, I could go all day. You guys can tell like voyeurism and all these weird things, but 
I just loved how that could play into messages in the world that then create how we interact in the world. Wow. Yeah, drink that coffee. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then intense. you land in Hollywood in PR. <laughs> in high heels. <laughs> like literally right back to the question. Like promoting I probably like women with their clothes half off and like <laughs> or like the PR weird. questions and stuff. Yeah, it's probably showing a different angle that is not very immersed in like gender study. It's so interesting too, because I got locked into that world for six months and I don't even recognize that person I was, you know, in my twenties, my young twenties, Trisha, I'm getting Botox, I'm getting lip injections. Um, all this is being gifted to me because I do PR. Oh. I'm wearing high heels and I look back at those pictures and I I honor that girl that I was. I honor her for I'm a go all in person. <laughs> And so I went for it, but I also like, now I actually have real wrinkles, but I'm doing natural homeopathic acupuncture and different sort of things and embracing my very skinny lips. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm a big person who identifies with where they live and where they work. And so I definitely got really lost up in there and then had to leave. So the marathon got you to step to like start making changes in your lifestyle. And then how long after signing up for the marathon did you end up leaving that job? So let's call it like it is. The marathon was a remembering, like a remembering of what matters and remembering that I have a different choice. I don't have to go out. I can go for a run by myself. I didn't love being alone mm. in my 20s. Um, I didn't like what I heard in my own brain. And so going for those solo runs was such soul salve because I remembered that I can do hard things. I remembered that I can do other things than what my job, I'm more than my job. Like that was confusing for a while. And so I ran, the, I trained for the marathon. I met one of my closest friends. I, I, we were in like the same pace group. I was still working PR and I went up to San Fran. I ran the Nike women's half, which is quite funny that I chose the Nike run. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was awesome. And I came back down and I was so sore. I can't say I'll ever run a full marathon again, but I'm glad it's done. And I'm like soaking in ice in my bathtub, all these things. And my friend that I met training was like, hey, let's go check out this free yoga class at this weird store called Lululemon. No one had heard of it. It wasn't public yet. Super under the radar. They had like two stores in LA. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds fun. And I walked into that store and it was kind of like one of those like, oh, like the light shone down. There was like free baguette to eat, which was great too, because I was living in LA, poor as hell. And then the clothes were like neon. And I was like, what is happening? And I went home that afternoon, applied for a job, and within most likely two and a half weeks, left PR and went and worked for my version of Nike at the time. That's amazing that you just went in there as a tech, like, okay, let's try this. And then you were like, no, I want to work here. Done. That like, feels I read like the values, such I read the mission. Done. a big thing, though, because it's like, from the outside, you've got like a real job. You're like going places in PR and then like you're going to just like go work at a store. 
at retail. You're going to just like, like be retail? Literal hell. <laughs> yes. You had benefits, all the things. And I'm going to go work hourly at the, I started at the bottom as a salesperson. And I loved it. I loved it. And even when all my agent friends in Hollywood were like, let's go out or you're going to yoga at 10 PM. I was like, later, as you know, I go all in later. And so they all got really mad, which I get, I totally 180, but, oh, I'm so glad I did. So glad I did. Wow. That's like a major. And that, I mean, it is, especially, I remember when I first discovered Lululemon, that was, yeah, it was before it was big. And I was, um, I toured a lot. There weren't that many stores that there happened to be some in Australia and they had different prints that would come out. And if like, if they were sold out, they were sold out. So like I had you know. so many Lululemon pants because I would be like, I'm in Australia and I saw this pair in Sydney. I probably will never see them again. Like have to buy them. Like, I would, but um, so that was super cool because I also was into yoga and like have, wow, there's a store I can like get these clothes. But yeah, the like the things that they were doing on the bags, the, saying their core mission, the values, all of that right. stuff was something at that time. Like you don't, you didn't see that. And no. I mean, like, and especially like social media wasn't like it is now. So it's like you weren't getting those type of messages nope. really in the world unless you were like specifically choosing to put yourself like, let me go to this yoga class or let me pick up this book and read. So, yeah, I remember being like, oh, my God. And I definitely like when I remember when I was off tour at one point in my life and not sure what I was going to do next, I applied for Lululemon. <laughs> And I was like, I had been, I was on tour with Dolly Parton as her monitor engineer. I had done all of this. And I was like, well, let me go work with Lululemon. I feel like anybody listening is like me too. Like a lot <laughs> of us probably were like, fine, I'll just go work at Lululemon for a hot minute. I agree with you though. I found something so different there. So when my dad was like, wait, wait, you're leaving benefits and security to go work retail. I was like, dad, just please, you'll see. You will see. And of course, if you meet my father, which I hope you do, he's so amazing. He's decked head to toe in Lululemon for life now and a total convert. But it's amazing. And my parents like did vision boarding and goals because that's the culture of Lululemon. And of course, I brought that home and was like, sit down. Yeah. Let me lead you through this worksheet. <laughs> and yeah, it was amazing. I worked there for many years, both in their stores and their headquarters. And I got that brand job in Lululemon. I, I got it. You got that what? The brand? My dream job. Oh. It wasn't Nike, but it was Lululemon. It was perfect. Amazing. So you were then working retail at Lululemon. Yeah. And then I'm guessing like lots of shifts happen from that. Because they're also, I've never worked for Lululemon. But I, as far as I know, I believe that they are immersed in landmark education. They used to be. They're not anymore. And they yes, used I to send too. managers yep. and staff to go to Landmark Education, which is I did Landmark and I don't even know how to describe it. It was so long ago, but like basically like a giant explora exploration in self and like your ideas about yourself and your life and all of that, I guess. I don't know. How would you describe it? Oh, yeah. It's very undescribable. I would say Landmark is one of those things. You take what you need, you leave the rest. Um, but I love Landmark for its reminder of personal responsibility, yeah. showing up and owning your story. It has like a very gnarly approach to the softer side of Brene Brown, I would say, of owning your story, owning your truth, and also showing your gifts to the world and being a contribution, which I love that language. Some of the stuff was really weird. And I left it right there in that room where you couldn't leave to go to the bathroom. But yeah, and that's I'm like, I don't like I'm not like everybody go to Landmark. But at the same time, I'm like, 
especially back when I did it, uh, I don't even remember, it was 2010 maybe? I don't know. Like, again, there wasn't much else for it. And I also love that it wasn't like woo-woo at all. Like the people in the room with me were like, there was somebody that was like left, their parents like left them on somebody's driveway as a baby. And like he was a, you know, like drug dealer went into jail, like all sorts, like the people in that room were not like, hi, we're all yogis here to like explore ourselves. They were all varieties of walks of life, all different walks of life, whether divorced, this or just getting a new job because like I said some companies send like their employees there so some people are not necessarily like I'm here because I want to even me when I went it was sort of like okay this group of people I was working with were like let's all and living with like let's all do this experience um so I was like up for it but I wasn't like oh my god I'm in a place in my life I'm like seeking this like let me go immerse myself and I loved like I was like I would just go and like love to just like go and be in the background of that room and hear people's stories (laughs) and hear people like opening up and like sharing things yeah Anyway, that was big for me, but more so for me with Lululemon, a woman walked in the door about, I think, four weeks into being there. And she was a force. She is a force. Her name is Suzanne Conrad. Her title at Lululemon was the director of possibility. That was on her business card. That was on her signature and her email. And that was like foreign to me. Yeah. And that was so cool to be in the presence of someone who had really created her job of leading leadership work for the company. And she lived right there in Santa Monica. So I just followed her around. I said, whatever you need, you want me to carry pencils? You need me to take notes? What do you want? Her husband hired me to do filing at their house. Any way to be in that realm, that energy I was in. And I would get in her green Prius and follow her around. She would leave vision and goal coaching all over LA and beyond. And I shadowed her and really was like, cool, this is it. This is what I want to be doing. And so that was a game changer for me to then see a new pathway in career that I'd never seen before. Right. And that's what like, I was like mentioning Landmark, but basically like, yeah, Lululemon is a place where I'm assuming that in the background, in the daily work, like you're helping customers, you're folding the, the whatever, this is the new style, but also like the way that they, don't they like have you like set goals and do things like that too? Which is like, yeah, you're slaying Spanish. It's not like retail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this woman, when she was leading goals and vision workshops in Lulu, for like Lululemon employees or for just in general? In the public and for Lululemon. So she'd go to a store and there'd be a two hour evening hosted by her and the public could come. Yeah. No expectations, no need to purchase. And I was like, oh, this is game changing. Mind you, as I already explored, told you with my PR 20s, like, again, still in my 20s. And then I went off the deep end. Then I'm only wearing spandex and I'm only talking goals for like a year. So I creeped out my friends quite a bit as well. But so oh, the goal thing like is not new for you, because like I in the last like year of whatever I've seen you like, OK, goal coaching, goal coaching. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like that. That's what she's like labeling whatever like ourselves, because I like hate labels, but also like they help. So it's like I'm always like, what am I? I'm mindset coach. I don't know. I guess I could be a goal coach. I guess I could be this. I don't know. Like whatever. But so yeah. I saw you apply like saying goal coach, but really like goals have been a major thing for you for a long time. Like that area yep. of coaching, Absolutely. exploration, whatever. Yeah, I'd say over a decade I've been a goal coach, but more so on my own as an entrepreneur as a goal coach for six years. 
And so what did like back then you get so immersed in goals and were you like setting like these big goals for yourself? Like what? Like, yeah. Like what was your like then next goal? Was it like things within Lululemon where you, you were already seeing, OK, I want to do what she's doing in some way. This yeah. sort of goal coaching. What did that then look well, like? I, yeah. When I got there, I was like, oh, cool. I'll just do PR at Lululemon. I've already been doing it. This is perfect. But that was, uh, you know, I, I love seeing myself. I can see myself in the same outfit I wore. Cause I really couldn't afford Lululemon. Like I couldn't afford it. And then I went and worked there and bought like two interchangeable outfits and wore them for like the first <gasps> probably two months. And I remember being on the computer. I'm like, I'm gonna apply for all these jobs in Vancouver. Cause that's where their headquarters yes. are. Um, but yes, my goals were very career focused. Um, I also had marriage goals. I thought I'd marry a doctor, all these crazy things when you're in the steeping, craziness of your 20s and you're broke you're like a doctor will obviously save me so I might as well write that down and my goals were very reactive to be honest and that was a cool journey of learning what does that mean by your goals being reactive so I'm broke so I'll write down a goal that says a doctor can come and save me and marry me that is a reactive goal I like have nothing in my heart around a doctor I obviously love them I think they're great they do great things I'm grateful for all you doctors out there however it was a reactive goal to someone to save me from my own drama instead of taking responsibility and being like, Hey, maybe meet with a financial planner. Perhaps you have a budget. Perhaps you put your credit card in the freezer in water, which I did. And but that was later. And so taking responsibility for myself. So my goals can actually be grounded versus frivolous or frenetic because yeah. I was like how do you go after that goal like you like hang out at like hospitals like yeah I mean <laughs> or like at a bar and someone's like oh I'm a doctor I'm like cool I'm gonna marry this guy like what in a minute that's creepy so I think like goals can definitely get a bad rap they can get aggressive they can be reactive they can feel forceful and you know I definitely had that I had a very aggressive, I would say almost masculine way of setting goals that were like, do this or else you are a failure. And so I had to really learn my style of goal setting that actually supported me versus made me feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why goals can get a bad rap. It's like people just like, one, I think that they put out there what they think they should be accomplishing or whatever, or they're like totally... Uh, I was going to say unrelatable, but that's not the right word, like unobtainable or like, I'm going to do this by that or like, I'm not like, I'll lose 20 pounds this month. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> or mean, whatever the thing is, or I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to pay my credit card debt off and this and then you don't do it. And then so you feel like shit. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm never setting goals again. Yeah, I get it. A lot of us are living an old style of goals, especially if you perhaps worked corporate and goals were placed in front of you. And then if you didn't meet them you were fired or given feedback, or like you said, perhaps you've written goals that weren't grounded and you were like, well, goal setting sucks because it didn't work in three months. Yeah. And so for me, I've had to do a lot of redefining with what the word goals even means again and again, still in my life now. And also a lot of us have a lot of inner critics in our head, you know, probably 18 in mine, if not 70 back in my twenties, inner critics just sitting on their high horse you should do this, right? I have your notebook, you know, fuck the shoulds, do the wants. That's part of it. And that's goals for me. And I had to let go a lot of a lot of shoulds in my mind 
that I've been exposed to, whether it's a social ideal, whether it's something perhaps my parents wanted for me, whether it's something that I see now on Instagram that gets really, really, really confusing. And so the shoulds being, you know, one of those inner critics and being able to set goals rooted in your truth versus like you said, that like mean voice shooting all over ourselves. Yeah. So I want to get back to, I remember you recently, I'm saying recently where it could have been like eight months ago and that's to me recent or it could have been (laughs) my my timeline. I remember at some point seeing that you um that lululemon like paid for your first like coaching program or something like that absolutely so at some point i'm guessing from watching this woman who's doing that like you then are seeing i want to coach yeah i want to be some sort of coach you at the time were always about goals i was at the time i definitely led a lot of vision and goals in the store so i worked in the santa monica store and i then moved over to the beverly hills store as one of their managers And I loved it. I fell in love. I I didn't love retail when I started. I was like itching to get out of there, to be honest. I don't like working on the weekends. Um, I I actually didn't love folding pants. That really wasn't anything I saw in my vision. Um, But you still wanted to stay within Lululemon. You were just like, I'm going to stay in this company. I love it. I'm going to find different ways to get in there. But my inpatient self, you know, I'd apply for all these jobs, even within the store and be rejected again and again. And I remember applying for other jobs. I remember when Movember, you know, from Australia, Movember, they do the mustache for prostate cancer. I remember they, when they launched in the U.S. and I was like, I'll go work for them. And um, I, I did not end up working for them. They did not have me. And then, of course, it recommitted me to Lululemon. And yet it's pretty cool that when I moved over and then fell in love with the stores, I then fell in love with the teams and creating experiences for the community. That's, of course, when you get promoted. You're like, I'll stay in the store. So like, come on up. Um, So I did my yoga teacher training with an amazing man in LA named Jayco. He owns some really cool studio called Yoga Garage. And, oh, I just just loved him. You know, when you meet someone and you're like, you're my teacher. Suzanne was that for me and Jayco was also that for me. And he let me pay for my yoga teacher training. Like, oh my God, probably $25 a month. Like I said, I was making it work in LA. And he said, cool, we can do a payment plan for two years. I don't care. Come on in. That's epic. That but really Yeah. That's epic that he let you do that. But I'm guessing like that also took the part of you reaching out yeah. and like being so big of, I want to do this, but I don't have this. Yeah, like, can. how can we make it work? And that I like want to highlight that because like so many people will just tell themselves no with that because of that, my budget, my this, my time, whatever. So no, but like, you yeah. reached out, made a, and he was like, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll make it work. Oh my God. Yes. And to add to that, I know people know in LA, you have to have a car and I didn't have a car. I lived in Santa Monica and I worked in Santa Monica. So when I got switched to the Beverly Hills store, I was taking the bus and putting my beach cruiser on the front of it. Basket one, you, you kick back to break. I had that on the front of a public bus system. Going to Beverly and Hills. So- like going even to Beverly more Hills, sweating my face <laughs> off. Thank God I was in moisture wicking clothes because I'm then riding like uphill one gear and then riding downhill to Brentwood to where he taught its training. So you're right. It took grit and asking for what I want to get on that bus to get my yoga teacher training. However, as a lot of people will probably resonate, a lot happens in yoga teacher training. 
you change if you so desire. And I did not go to yoga teacher training to become a yoga teacher. That might've been a nice add-on for me. I went to like learn more about the practice and like why I was liking it and why it felt so confronting. Where do I actually put my foot? I love knowledge. And so I changed and I softened in that training. And I also uh, fell in love with my now husband during that same time. And I find they're all very connected. I fell in love with retail. I became a yoga teacher. Train. I, I did my training. And then Chris came into my life and had been in my life, but looked different and oh. felt different. And yeah, and he lived in Chicago. So that was like a whole other range of grit of like, oh my God, I really love him and he's far away. And so it was a big turning point for me. It was probably my, no, it wasn't my Saturn's return. I was younger than that, but it was a big year, big year of, of learning. And then I, then, like we said, I moved into the head offices remotely. So I was on the brand team working from Chicago to be with Chris. Oh, so you moved to Chicago? And I sure did. You moved to Chicago and we're vir- working virtually with the brand team for Lululemon, which that's yeah. like pretty epic. You got that. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And like, you know, Lululemon's, I knew this too, is not easy to always grow with because it did grow very quickly. Yeah. And they had, you know, the pick of the litter. And I was happy that I got in so early to grow from the ground up. And so I opened, um, from the brand perspective, a lot of the stores that you'll see in the central U.S., Ohio, um, Kansas City, uh, Fort Worth. I had Colorado to Georgia in my territory. We were bootstrapping then, y'all. This was a big-ass territory, and we weren't a big company then. So, yeah, I moved there with that job out of co- that I wanted out of college. It took me, you know, three or four years to get there. But, yeah, I got it. And um when you got it, did that then look like, oh, yes, this is what I've always wanted. Were you able to appreciate it? Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm asking. (laughs) I, it was like my first real salary. And so even though I had a salary in Hollywood, like you're still like, you know, in LA, you're working for pennies. And so this was like the first time I could like afford clothing at Lululemon (laughs) and go on vacation. I was like, what's happening? And it was awesome for a moment. And I have this pattern as you're hearing, I got really lost in the job again. I traveled a ton for work, three weeks out of the month. So even though I moved to Chicago for Chris, I was never there. Yeah. And then I decided to get a puppy. So that was interesting too. And yeah, I really, um, I glamorized that job and it was very glamorous. It was, I'd never flown on a plane for work. I'd never stayed in these ridiculous hotels. Um, I didn't have, I've never had a corporate credit card. You can imagine that was a big deal seeing my name on that Amex. And I got lost in that. And I, I literally, I had so much fun, but like, you have to have balance. I I even worked for Lululemon, but I didn't have my health. I was flying a ton. I was dehydrated, like all those things. And then I didn't have a personal life. I made work my life. And I remember Chris knocking on my dear, my apartment door in Lincoln Park a year later being like, Hey, you're not the person I thought you were. 
Oh, and you're not the same person I fell in love with and you moved here, but I don't see what are we doing? And I freaked out because he was right. He was absolutely right. I totally lost myself in the glamour of a corporate card and flying everywhere. And um, I was like, I remember packing gift bags for Oprah. I just thought this was it. But I also was unhealthy and I wasn't catering to my relationship with my then boyfriend. And so just like you said, you really have to have some grit and pause and say, what do I want? And slowly but surely, I realized that this job wasn't right for me anymore. And I thought it was so hard, though, because after graduating college and working so hard for it, I was like, wait, but this is what I always wanted. I did it. Look at me. I fucking did it. <laughs> and and then I was like, oh, man, this isn't it. And that was like, talk about like some heartbreak, not with a person, but with yourself and yeah. a vision of what you thought your life would look like. I mourned that loss. And didn't it also feel hard? Like it's because like I when I was in transition of like realizing like, oh, this isn't for me anymore in like my sound career which it was like different where I was like yes like living it up and I didn't have a like this isn't me I actually like really took good care of myself (laughs) I'm not not, like putting on you a bit like different but still realizing this isn't for me anymore (laughs) I'm not trying to be like I'm so much better than you no (laughs) that's because I I'm telling you you were but I had I have fibromyalgia which is a gift because then it makes me be like I have to take care of myself or else I will not survive (laughs) I will not be able to actually live my life. So that's the gift of that. And that gives me that foresight that most people don't have that will just go, 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 go until they, which I've also done the go, go, go and burn out. But any, but like, yeah, like, so for me, it was mourning. Oh God, but this is what I know myself as. And this is so epic that I did this and I got this, but I also had a hard time, but like, this is what everybody else sees me as. (laughs) So now, so I'm sure too, you did it once with the leaving the PR. Look at me. I got this. I'm a LA hotshot PR person. Now I'm going to go work retail. That, yeah. that, having to over that. And then like, oh my God, but see, look at that. I took that retail job and look what I did. And then, right. oh, but this, now I'm, I'm going to leave this. And did you even know what you were going to do next? Because no. that's too, when no, I, I left sound, I was like, I know I need to be doing more. This isn't it, but I don't know what I'm doing. So like, now I have to tell people like, it was for me no. morning, but then also, what will I tell people? What will they think? Because they know me as Trisha, the badass sound engineer. What will I be if I'm not her? Right. And like, listen, everybody wanted my job. I did really cool stuff with Lululemon. They do cool A stuff. big ass company. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. look at you. Yeah. Like, and I'm it, sure people so, are like, what do you do? <gasps> oh. Yeah. And honestly, like, it had to be Chris. I would have ne- I w- probably would have never left because of the shoulds. It had to be Chris that said, this isn't it. And I'm out. And I was like, no, you're not. Cause I'm not, but I've been out and I don't mean to be, wait a second, let me show you something. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of soul searching in those two weeks. I changed a lot of things. I made a lot of requests of my manager and I called that director of possibility, Suzanne. And I said, help me. And she did. I just listed all the things I didn't want for my job. And she said, Jackie, got it. Now tell me what you do want. And I said, oh my God, I have to call you back. I had no idea. I was about to say, did you know what you wanted? No, no. But I, 
I hadn't asked myself that in a year, one whole year. And so I did some questioning of like exactly what you just said. I wanted to be leading vision and goals. I want to be working with people. I want to have a team. I started to get really clear. And so that's what I started telling people at the company and beyond. This is what I want to be doing. If you know anything, if you know anybody. And I almost went back into the stores. I was like, oh, I was really happy in the stores. I loved building community. They were opening now. They're like 10th store in LA or something. So I was like, maybe I'll go open the store, go back to LA. Cause honestly, Chicago is really flat and I really like to hike. So I also knew I wasn't staying there. And so I started to reach out for jobs back in LA and I got quite a few rejections. And then this woman named Steph Corker on the HR team at Lululemon called and was like, Hey, what about recruiting? You listen to people's goals all day. Come on down. I was like, I'm open to it. Let's talk more. And I think probably Steph's a very fast worker. Within a week, I had a contract and she was one of the women in my life that said, Jackie, what would you like to make money-wise? I said, what? I thought she would just tack on the same number, add a percentage or something to my current salary. She goes, yeah, take some time, calculate what you need, let us know. And I still to this day, I'm so grateful she taught me how to calculate what I thought I would need to live in LA and be happy. I've never been asked that from a job. And so I asked for, I don't know, maybe like 10 or $15,000 more a year than I was making, which made me want to vomit. <laughs> like the fear and, of asking for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember saying, okay, here's this. And she said, okay. And then hung up and wrote my contract. That was it. That's was like, holy hell. So I kept having these badass female leaders rock me in that world. So yeah, I went, I moved to LA. I told Chris, I'm like, okay, I'm making changes. I'm not staying here in Chicago. As you know, this is not the place for me. And I know you've said you want to live in LA. I'm going, I would like you to come with me. You decide. And so I had shared with him all that I've been working on. And he came with me. Lululemon moved us back to LA and yeah, they're such a cool company. Like I had benefits for me and for Chris and it was so cool um, to then start a new life together where I'd been, but he hadn't been. And then try HR on, try some human resources, be a resource for the humans. That's, that feels aligned. And that you're in that job. Are you then meeting with people in person? Is it still like virtual, but very virtual as we were like then expanding to Germany and Asia. Got it. So that was a whole nother ball game, very much on the computer, but also doing coaching. This is when they, like you said, invested in me. They brought me up to um, learn business and accounting for a, in a, like a, a week school immersion. They um, took me through my first year of uh, coaching school called Light Your Leadership. At the time, it was called I Goal You, but now it's Light Year with Suzanne. She launched her program. Oh, so was- that's. The same. Oh, very cool. And so own training. So was that then you wanting to gain? It was was it a mix of like, yeah, let's we want you to have these more skills to be able to have these great conversations with these people we're hiring to lead and stuff, or you being like, no, I want more skills or a combination. Both, both. You know, you can like in my goals was to have a a coach certificate. And Lululemon does really cool things like that, investing in people's goals. And uh, they also invested in my first public speaker training because I was doing a lot of speaking for the company 
around vision and goals, I would bring Lululemon's philosophy to Tom's shoes. I brought Lululemon's philosophy to Facebook New York. And so we would start to share our culture with other companies. And so I was trained to be that culture carrier. So you were being invited to speak at these things as a representative of Lululemon, or you were putting yourself out there as I want to speak at these companies or both? Both. I was like, put me in the hat. I'm happy to do that. And um, I would speak at our leadership summits or Facebook would email them to collaborate and they would fly me there with a group of people. So very cool. And I started to really hone my skill set and give me cues of what I wanted to be doing more so. And how did that feel at first to then be like, okay, yeah, I think I'm up for speaking and then like being there. Like I am a representative of Lululemon and I'm here to talk (gasps) about this. That was it. This was the dream job. So I thought it was brand advertising, whatever. And it this was it. So the you HR. right away were just like, yeah, I know this is where I belong. You weren't like, oh, yeah. oh my God, what am I doing here? Do I know what I'm doing? You're just like, I, I know. I'm like, I'm going to connect with these people. Yeah. I, I think when you have, you probably know this too about yourself. You have certain zones in your life where you're, you walk in and you're like, oh, I was born for this. And so... And that was where I mean, I definitely failed and bombed, by the way. However, I was so happy failing and bombing and learning yeah. and getting feedback and, and, and changing and, and rocking it. And the, also then being like, oh, this is what I was born for. Now I know because I actually became the next version of myself in those moments. And do you feel like like that because you had some sort of feeling of like, yes, this is for me that helped you then to like say yes again or get back to the stage and not feel like I bombed or fucked up or I got some feedback that felt like, oh, did I not say the right thing? Then that because you were just like, no, but I had this feeling there that I know I'm going to keep showing up and doing it and working on presenting myself better or whatever it may be. Well, not to be crude, but like (laughs) once you have an orgasm, why would you not ever have one again? You know? And so if we can look at some life orgasms, that was one for me on a stage on a mic. And why would I not have another one of those (laughs) or another or another? So I continued to learn that this was a place I wanted to learn about myself, if you will, even if it was hard and gritty and not graceful. And um, even if it had a lot more feedback than I'd ever been given, because you are in a more vocal space, that was this is where we evolve. Me, Trisha, bringing you a brief interruption because I want to make sure you know I have spots available finally again now for my one-on-one work. It is called Your Manager of Integrity. What does that mean? (laughs) That means that we go deep on all areas of your life. See what's coming up for you. See what you want. See who you are. See how to navigate the thoughts and feelings that show up for you every day. Is what you have in your life going on now serving you? How to weed that out? What do you want? And then we make the steps to make it happen. This is all you basically doing the work with me, pushing you, nudging, helping you navigate what's coming up for you, where to go, where to move away from, where to say yes and no. It's almost like I'm a consultant for you in your life. I help you source the true you, uncover it remember it. We have one hour calls every week. We are in text communication every single day, which means that's me checking in on you. Hey, did you do this yet? 
Hey, how are you feeling? What's coming up for you? So me checking in with you to make sure you are moving forward with the things that we are working on and talked about and the goals we have set for the week. And also for you to have the space to come to me. Ah, Trisha, I'm freaking out about this. This just happened. I can't get out of this story in my head where I'm you know, telling myself all these doubts and fears. So two-way. Yep, full access to me for the entire time. Go check it out. I do offer payment plans. It's amazing. It's a true commitment to yourself and the rest of your life. Check it out. There's a link below here. Go to yourjoyologist.com. Work with me and you'll find it. Or just send me a DM at yourjoyologist and we can set up a free 15-minute call to, to really talk about it. All right. I freaking can't wait to work with you, to meet you, to go deeper. Now let's go back to Jackie. So then how quickly then did you then decide or what made you then make the pool to leave Lululemon? So you're starting to get speaking gigs. You are working for them. You're getting this. Oh, my goodness. I'm coming alive. How long do you stay with Lululemon in the like recruiter human resources? Or do you you make a mother move up in the company before you leave or what happens? Um, all my speaking I was doing, everything was through Lululemon. So nothing was of my own, um, accord, if you will. And yes, I did do like one more job at Lululemon. Me and my boss created a department called people brand. So telling our brand story through our people, it was a combination of people potential, which is what they call HR and brand. So people brand. And so we built these really cool events and I did more coaching. And honestly, I was just telling someone this the other day, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but Lululemon and I grew apart because I wanted to do more vision and goal coaching and their focus at the time was product. Mm. And so there was a year there where it was like, what do we do with her? <laughs> because I didn't want to be on the phone every day recruiting. Yeah. I just, that, that no longer, like, again, like I said, being behind a computer screen for hours, it's hard for me. And I didn't, I don't think we, either of us knew how to support one another anymore, the brand and myself. And I said to the VP of people, oh my God, this amazing woman. Oh, she used to wear high heels with the leggings and just rock her own style. I'm talking like major velvet blue high heels, like in a whole nother stratosphere. And I said, Margaret, you know, I want to lead vision and goals for the company. How do I create this? What do I do? She goes, oh, Jackie, that's so you. And the company's not going that way. And I said, cool, I am. And I, I think it took me a long time to get the ovaries to leave because I'd had such a good run. And um, my business card with the Lululemon logo, it was really hard to me envision life without it. Yeah. And it had created, I'm still in Lululemon clothes right now. It had created so many opportunities and growth for me. Um, and I sat with a woman in this like, in this old school gold's gym in Venice, California. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger's gym. Venice? Yeah. So you're like, what That's the That's like the original, I believe. OG Venice. of gyms. And I had just gone to support her in this like tiny sweat box of a yoga studio they had in like the back corner there while all these men and women are just throwing weights around. And I sat with her. I think it was me and one other person in yoga there. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about leaving Lululemon. And she closed her eyes, you know, crazy LA people. I fucking love them. She's like, you know, probably channeling some crazy thing. She's amazing. And she goes, yep, I see you on stage. 
and there's no Lululemon logo behind you, just so you know. And I was like, really? Tell me more. And, you know, painted a picture that I wasn't able to see, but she was. And so I remember I flew up there and I gave my, I gave three weeks notice, not two, to close loose ends and say goodbye and, and, and uh, leave and start my own coaching company. And also do consulting for culture with other companies were the two kind of realms I placed myself in. Oh, and I did not leave with enough money. And I definitely didn't have a business plan written. And I did it. And I, again, went through the grief of like a vision. I, I thought I would be at Lululemon forever. I thought I was a lifer. And then there I was printing business cards with this stamp that I'd made of my new logo. and here I was, here I go. Oh man, it was so scary. It was so scary. So great though. It was very, very, very liberating. So you then you're living in LA on your own and you're like, I'm going to do coaching. I'm going to do speaking and consulting. Not not speaking yet, but coaching and consulting. And I wasn't living on my own. Me and Chris lived together. And this was a time where I definitely leaned a lot on Chris. He had a great job and he was CrossFit coaching as well as working for like a supplement company, doing some really cool stuff in LA. So he really then floated us through my first year of entrepreneurship. And so many of my stories, I I hope everybody's picking up on, like we never can do it alone. Yeah. So I keep having to tell myself that because I love doing stuff by myself and getting all the credit. Mm -hmm. And... I, that never serves me. So I leaned hard on Chris for our first year and uh, scrapped things together. Oh, girl, I scrapped it up. But six months after, Mary Beth and I also created Rock Your Bliss. So that's that was the same born as well. Where along the line did you meet Mary Beth? Oh, my God. You guys have to listen to our first podcast. But, you know, NB came over to L.A. from D.C. and took my job that I wanted. It's not my job. I wasn't being given it, but I wanted this job as a manager at Santa Monica and they decided to bring in Mary Beth. Whoa. Wait. So so when you first started working for Lululemon in your the retail store, Mary Beth comes in to be the manager. That's how far back you guys go? A year and a half later, a year and a half later after being at Lululemon, thinking I've been proving myself, I've been rocking it. And I kept applying for assistant manager. And I think I got rejected five times. Like I never got it. I never got it. And so she came in like the fifth time. And I was just so mad. They had to put me to a different store. (laughs) They had to take me to Beverly Hills. Laterally, not a promotion. No, did they really like move you because you were like, couldn't handle that they didn't promote you? Oh yeah. And then, (laughs) I, I mean, there was a lot of moving parts, but yeah, they moved me laterally. I had to take the bus uphill. And then so you guys didn't work together. We'd, I had to pass off all my contacts to her and train her <laughs> for a job that I, was, that I wasn't getting. Anyways, she was, you know, of course, lovely. She's such a great human. And I was just angry. But I was like faking it, of course. I'm sure she said she was very scared of me. And I, of course, was scared of her. So we didn't get along at first very well. And I moved to Beverly Hills and I did get the assistant manager role there within a couple months of being there. So it was meant to be, but oh man, I was so mad. And we weren't meant to be friends then. We were not friends, to be honest. And I didn't have a desire to be friends. She tried. She took me to Whole Foods for what what our olive branch of a green smoothie would be there. And I just wasn't having it. So we weren't friends yet until I moved back to LA from Chicago. 
Okay. And so at that time, what was she doing? Well, she was working at the store and then also teaching yoga. And okay. then she left to be a full-time yoga teacher. So when you moved back and you then, how did you then reconnect if you weren't friends before? Did you reach out to her? Did you happen to I run into her? Was it just Lululemon culture? Oh, I love that you asked if I reached out to her. That is so sweet to think I was mature enough no, to do that. No, I mean, I didn't oh. think you did, but I just was like trying to get an answer. <laughs> no. Um, you know when like there's something that needs to happen? If you ever read, if you've ever read The Alchemist, it will keep being placed in front of you. So the world, universe, God, whoever kept placing Mary Beth in my sphere. Um, we'd go out to dinner. She had left Lululemon. She was now teaching yoga. And like all my friends would invite her. I was like, what the hell? And then um, Chris be- was a CrossFitter in Chicago. So found a gym in LA and met Mary Beth's boyfriend at the time, Matt, who's now her husband. And then my husband or my wow. boyfriend and her boyfriend became friends. So then we <laughs> had to hang out. And yeah, I, I, the world, I was still at Lululemon and she was an ambassador. So then I was like, oh, here's this VIP. I'm like, oh, this mermaid again. And yeah, the world just kept placing us in front of each other. And slowly, ever so slowly, the layers of drama, old limiting beliefs, insecurity began to tick away. We would invite each other to different things or the boys would be doing something. So we'd be together. And um, she actually just, I don't know why I have, we should ask her. She invited me to her bachelorette party and I went and we had this like huge epiphany and she, I was with all her girlfriends and I think the next day we became best friends. Wow. Yeah. And so then you guys are, you're left to do some sort of coaching. She's on her own teaching yoga and you just hang, keep hanging out more and then decide let's do something together. Where does rock your bliss come from? She kept inviting me to her yoga classes because it was like a bike ride away from where I was. Um, And I loved her flow. It was really challenging and really sweaty at the time. She's evolved into a totally different practice, which is so cool. Um, But I found I was also doing a lot of my coach certification. And so my learnings were bubbling up on the yoga mat. And I was like Mm. confronted with a lot of my teachings when I would finally shut up, to be honest. Yep. And I told her that one afternoon, I was like, I just want you to know, like, it's so cool that I'm in coach training right now. And so much of what I'm experiencing is really being accessed on the yoga mat more than just writing or watching videos or reading books. And she was like, that's so cool. Let's do it. I was like, let's do what? I was like, let's do a retreat. Let's create, or we did a workshop. Let's do, let's bring that together. You coach, I'll teach yoga. I was like, okay. And in that, we were like, she started looking at like venues in Mexico and was like, I found a spot. I'm like, why are you? Had she ever led a retreat or anything before? She'd led one or two yoga retreats on her own. Okay. And she was like, cool, let's do it together. I was like, oh, okay. Why not? I want to go to Mexico. That sounds amazing. I'd left Lululemon, my corporate credit card, and all my flights were with that job. And so she found a spot. We put down a deposit. I mean, I don't know where I got that deposit from. Let's be honest. I I mean, I have no idea. And we launched, we sat at this coffee shop and launched Rock Your Bliss. Like she's always been bliss. 
She wrote a blog that was titled Bliss in Sanskrit called Ananda. And I was always kind of like a karaoke, want to be on the rocks hiker. And I was like, yeah, this, I always say like this rocks, I'm super cheesy, as you know. And um, I was like, what about, you know, we were just sitting there like bliss, rock, rock your bliss. And that was it. And we like scribbled it, made a logo, put together a website on Wix, W-I-X, who knows that even still exists. I think it does. That free website thing. And yeah, we launched a retreat. And 17 people came. Who are these crazy people? That's amazing. Were they mostly people from LA that like knew Mary Beth from like yoga teaching or from like all over? Because that's also probably a little like not as big as so like these days, everything can get more attention from social media, like globally. But yeah, I'm yeah, guessing I mean, more Instagram that was, was local. alive and well then, yeah. by the way. So I don't know why I keep acting like it was everything. <laughs> Instagram like happened last year. Like I said, my timeline is like before Instagram and then after Instagram, like seriously, life is totally different. Um, But yes, I mean, she had a bunch of yoga students. I had a bunch of people who had done coaching with me at Lululemon. And so we brought those people together. Were they like Lululemon employees then that you had done coaching with? Some employees came. Yeah, very Um, cool. Some pre-employees who liked that I left Lululemon. I mean, a lot of people, they do get really comfortable there. They're like, how the hell did you get out? Yeah. I'm like, I know. I almost didn't. Um, <laughs> and then we had just some cool random people who had followed both of us. One girl from Vermont. And Very um, cool. Just the coolest collaboration of humans that came together that had known us from different lifetimes to see what the hell we were doing. <laughs> and it was so fun. And after the retreat, we are like, oh, this isn't over. We thought it'd be one retreat. And then we built an entire brand. So amazing. Do you feel like if you if Mary Beth hadn't of said, let's do it, like where do you feel like you would have ended up having any sort of idea of like that on yourself or like where you would have gone? Like to me, it's like it's so amazing that you guys do things together. But then I also would guess like can be complicated. Or do you guys just yeah. ha- match, you know, perfectly? No. I mean, but it, you also have what it feels like a great balance from the outside, meaning because you both do your own things. And yes, then you we're still very different. You do so much together, though, with the retreats and your um, what's it like the online, online program? Yeah. Yeah. And different things. And you're doing festivals and stuff together, too. But you're also doing a lot more things separately. And then has that was that like working together? I'm sure it's been an evolution, but like at first did it seem like now this is what we do? Or did you always have separate identities with that and like made sure to like create boundaries there? We've ebbed and flowed. Mary Beth was like, okay, let's close our individual accounts and go all in on Rock Your Bliss. And I was like, <laughs> no, I like my own Instagram. I I also had other things I knew I would still do. And I, and I think in the back of her mind, she did too. And I think it was actually probably a relief I said that. Um, it probably would have simplified things if we were only rock your bliss. But I think as dynamic as both of her, both her and I are, the individuality, this is something I knew at the time, our individuality is what makes rock your bliss unique. Mm-hmm. Not when we're speaking the same language. It's when we're speaking a different language and come together in choice again and again and again. Yeah. And so every app, astrology or any of that stuff, you can put your birth date and time in. And then you can add a friend. They're like, you and Mary Beth are not meant to be friends. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. Like we have a lot of things that would rub against each other. And uh, our astrologist, we have 
the girl we both go to now and we're like, she's like, no, you can make it work. And we do, but it is a make it work. We choose one another. And by choosing one another, we choose all the things that are fun, but all the things that are hard. And it is another marriage. We signed a 50-50 contract within our bliss business. And um, we signed contracts with our names together. You know, like it is a whole nother conversation. And you are right. It is not always easy. And there have been times where we were like, is Rock Your Bliss going to make it? Is it going to make it? I don't know. I don't know. And it does keep making it, of course, which you've seen. However, um, how cool to be in that inquiry. How cool to... Um, break and then come back together. How cool to live in different places and still make it work. Yeah. Was that a big thing? Colorado. It was a huge thing. For you to leave LA. A huge thing. It was a big deal. Again, a question of asking what I wanted and not staying in LA for other people, but leaving LA for Chris and I to thrive in Colorado. Um, That was a big deal. Big deal for me. I definitely strung that out a little too long. We expired in LA a year prior. And I stayed to make things work or continue to have like safety of my connections and the life I built there. Right. Like the fear of, I know I yeah. want something else, but if I leave this, is everything like going to fall apart or I'm going to have to start all over or yeah. will people care yeah. about me if I'm not right here? All the questions. <laughs> yeah. And they did come up and I did have goal regret moving to Colorado. I was like, maybe this wasn't right. I applied at corporate jobs when I moved here. I was like, I don't know if I can do it with no connections here. Um, Oh my God, I had to go to Nordstrom and buy all new outfits for interviews. I was like definitely in these ugly heels again. I was like, who am I being? Because you were like getting wardrobe to go on interviews to get a corporate job because then the fears of like, I know what I want, but I don't know if I can make that happen. I've got, I've had that so many times too. Or being like, okay, like I need my money, my bank account. Is this, how am I gonna make money? And that sometimes it feels easier let me go work for someone else and then make this money that they're promising me Yes. than to just sit down and do the fucking work and make things happen <laughs> that I want to do. I don't I so often have gotten distracted. I'm back like, okay, like that. But I remember, yeah. especially after motherhood, because I sort of oh like God. slowed down in my business because I was like, I had always dreamed to be a mother. I was like, oh my God, I'm a mom, I'm a mom. I'm going to make this work. I'm just turning my business more to products because that's easy as mom, which it was, but also like... You still have to like do things to drive the business and then you have to buy products, which means like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I hope people no, buys I, I them. Website, I'm like, look at all this cool stuff. How does she do that? But like, so anyway, so I would have moments of, oh, my God, how am I going to make money again? And instead of doing things that were like, oh, my God, making me come alive that I know that would really support people be like, oh, this person, I would see jobs on Instagram. Like, well, I like that company. They're hiring. I'll just like work for them. Like the, it felt easier to take a job where I was going to be promised some sort of money than to like do the work that was really like, this is what you want to do. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, let's fast forward for a minute to the present moment, shall we? And I'm, okay. there, I'm like there right now, Trisha. I have such a fulfilling life and all I've created, speaking, consulting, coaching, and rock your bliss. And then I've made the children. <laughs> and I've my husband children. and I, we work at our marriage Often, especially when the kids are young, you've got to choose your marriage again and again and again and not forget it. And I have a date with myself next month to fully be alone. I'm going to get a hotel and evaluate what do I like to do and what do I want? 
because I, as I shared with you at the beginning, I'm a bit exhausted with, oh man, it's going to sound so blase, but someone will connect with this. I'm exhausted right now with abundance that I've said yes to, but yet I haven't calculated what I want to be doing again. So it's again, that question of like, ah, Jackie, what do you want to be doing? Um, And how do you balance it? I feel right now I'm again in that pattern of being a little work heavy and it is way too important of a time with my young children to figure it out later. I've got to figure it out now. And so um, I've got like, you know, 14 more days till my like day date with myself to like listen in, sit down quietly, nothing on my calendar, but me and say, cool, where are you going? I, I feel like this year has been insanely amazing, but also um, taken me again out of alignment to what matters. So I'm going to go ask what matters. And I'm excited. I love that. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Cause yeah, like outside looking in, like I look at your life right now, I'm like, holy, like, look at Jackie. She's so epic. Like you're doing things that I want to lead retreats one day. I want to speak one day. And I'm like, you, oh my God, just look at all these speaking gigs she gets. Look at, she's doing all these things and she's on coaching clients. Like, look at her rock, <laughs> her bliss <laughs> and her life. True, um, true. You know? And so I love that, especially now that you're like, yeah, I'm doing all of these epic things that I love. But I also am feeling like something's out of alignment in that realizing like maybe whatever that you're going to take time to be like, these are all awesome things, but maybe I don't have to do them all right now. Or I don't have to say yes to every awesome opportunity because like they're going to still come back. If I say no, like maybe is that like, do you have a fear of saying no for like, yeah, it might pass you up. I definitely have a limiting belief of scarcity and also like. Like it's all happening. Everything I've wanted is happening. So I have to say yes to it all. Yes, yes. (laughs) Or if I say no once, then they will delete me from their list and I'll be forgotten. These are old, these are limiting beliefs. That remember we talked about the inner critics. These are a couple, I think of that mucus commercial, you know, when those green men sit on the couch for mucinex. That's how I feel about my scarcity mucinex guy, as well as the you'll be forgotten. Like those are like just some mucus sitting in my brain being like, you're a loser. And I just need to take some mucinex, get them out of there. That's just what I'm going to be doing and clear my brain and ask myself, like, what about that half written book you started? What about your running goals? What about Mm. yin yoga? All these things that have not necessarily been on my calendar right now. Because other things were taking off. So you just followed them and maybe forgot about these other areas. And listen, there's a great book by John Acuff called Finish. Have you read it? No. Oh my God. It's so good. Anyways. I'm trying to write it down. My pen is working. I'll send it to you. It's called Finish. You know, we're recording this. um, It's a good thing. I'll be able to realize. (laughs) You'll be good. But he talks about like how when you're moving towards certain goals, you will suck at other things in your life. One of the chapters is called Embrace the Suck. And this was such a cool permission slip for me to like, oh, suck at something. But with goal setting, you've got to have a specific amount of time to suck or else you suck forever. Mm. And I feel what I've been sharing with you is I did like you saw like last weekend. I went all out with speaking. And then this past weekend, I was gone at a Rock Your Bliss retreat. Where is the time for my children then? 
and they're going back to school, it's going to be a different schedule. And where is the time for Chris and I to go on dates on the weekends if I'm always working? And it's, listen, it's not just a one hour speaking gig. I'm writing out content. I'm doing a lot of energetic work that I do post and pre-speaking to really set myself up to do a good job. So it's not one hour. It's like seven and the night before or the sleep. And so I think it's really cool to be in a place of like cool acknowledgement and awareness of the out of alignment, celebrating as well. I'm so happy at all that I've done. I feel like it is very aligned, the yeses I've made. And like you've said, can I offer up a no knowing there's room for all of us and there's more coming? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And again, I'm so glad you're sharing because I I think again, with social media and everything we're more exposed to these days, it can get more into like comparison or I need to keep up or I need to do this and that I, you know, have had to constantly keep myself in check of like, oh, look at these things, but I want to do this and this and this. And I'm like, there's still time. And that for me, like too pulling back with like, for me, it's also been a big like journey with entrepreneurship or doing these things in the world, whether I'm an entrepreneur and also like kids. And like the evolution of when I was the first year of motherhood, I very much identified as I am a mom. This is I've always wanted to be a mom. And like, yeah, I happen to also like have this business. And then as kids happen, then I'm more like, oh, this is who I am. Oh, and I just happen to be mom. (laughs) Not that like my love for my children has changed or any. I know. But so but I've much more been like, yes. And like back in like alignment and purpose in all of the other things I want to do in life. That doesn't mean just that my whole life revolves around being a mom, but also then so like, okay, so I hire a nanny or hire a babysitter for this many hours a day, like slowly creeping back in. I had to then create because me and my significant other do not have regular paychecks, neither of us. So then there's also the fear base of paying someone else to then create something that may or may not make money and then stepping more into, okay, he's been on tour for the last two months. So I'm going to send you guys to like preschool for the first time. Half days, full days. Oh my God, I went full days and it's epic. Why don't I do five days and have to create this new balance? Look at all these new things I've been able to create and do. But also, no, I do want those other times with the kids. Like, you know, so it's like me getting excited about all I've created and the kids are great and they love school. So, but also, oh, but the balance of no, this and this or and being honest with like somebody was like, how many hours do you work a week? It was for some like random interview. I don't even know. And like 20. And like being like, and then I had a like, oh, wait, is that like bad is wrong? Oh my God, people are gonna be like, she did barely works. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I'm choosing to work 20 hours right now. And I yeah, might not class. make, I might not make as much money as other people because I'm choosing to make 20, work 20 hours right now. But because I'm choosing to, because I want to make that extra space for being with my children while they're two yeah. and three right now. And like being able to constantly check back in with like, what do I, wait. What do I want? Not what are the noises out here <laughs> and oh, the shoulds totally. and the comparisons. Oh, but that person has a full-time nanny and that person's blah, blah, blah. And this, like, whatever. It can turn into so much more comparisons and self-judgments and like, what should I be doing? And that's why, as you know, one of my favorite phrases is fuck the shoulds. Do the ones. <laughs> I have that journal. I have it right here. <laughs> like literally right here. And you yes. see, I added my, co- I didn't even mean to add that coffee stain. I posted it. I love it. I 100% love that you're saying that because I do have a lot of people that do reach out to me and they're like, well, I posted recently something about being out of balance. I try to be really honest on Instagram, as honest as you can be while still um, 
you know, not posting everything because who has time for that, but highlighting your own highlights. I find celebrate or Instagram to be a celebration for me. I want that for myself. I like looking at my own Instagram. How, how narcissistic, but <laughs> it's, it's a journal for me as well. Yeah. And yet what I found, I posted about being out of alignment last week. And this sweet woman was like, thank God you said that because what the hell's going on? How have you done all this stuff? And I'm like, no, I know. And listen, here's the deal. Even reading that, I was like, oh shit, am I doing too much? Am I showing too much? And I was like, oh wait, I will always move fast. And and T, I'll always have a lot going on. I will. Yeah. That's my personality. Yeah. I don't do well with idle hands. And we'll see how that day in the future goes where I'm creating my life, um, how I do. And yet what I find is that sometimes I'll make myself wrong for doing so much and being feeling bad that I'm so busy, quote unquote, but I love being busy. I love doing lots of things. And what I can't wait till we talk again in a year. You know, my husband (laughs) has actually stayed home with the kids this year and supported as uh, my business grows. And I love that. I told him last night, I'm like, honey, I couldn't have done what I am doing without you creating stability and love for our children where the year prior we were hiring three different nannies to support both of our jobs. And so I'm so excited. Chris is launching his business. So when the girls go back to school in the fall and like you and your partner will be both like entrepreneurs and it's exciting and it'll be different again. And I love this space of what makes you happy? What do you want and what lights you up? And asking that question, so you don't go look at what's lighting other people up and say, maybe I'll do that, or I should compare myself to that. And so, like I said, look, like I, I looked back at I'm remembering, I like running, I like coaching goals. So I've done those things in my life, even sometimes if I've forgotten. And being a mother is new. I love being with my children. And then sometimes I forget. And then I got to go back in because my heart right now, I can feel that I miss them. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going back in. I love that. And that's epic. He so he took he has not been working, just been childcare since January. Wow, I love that. My yeah, before um my partner went back out on tour cuz yeah, his is just like, "Oh, now we need to for the contract sort of base, but he was home for like at least 6 months, so he was childcare. He was the primary childcare provider. and that's why then when he went to leave I was like do I hire a nanny no I'm gonna like I'll do a school and then had to figure out what do I feel good about doing and also then paying for but um yeah it was like cool and that also was a shift that I had to create of being like because when he first toured and then I hired my first like babysitter and she worked these hours and when he came back in I'm like okay so I work these hours but I found myself coming in earlier to help with lunchtime and help to nap time. So it was like I went, I had like four hour work times and then it went down to like two to three and a half. And then I had to work back to like, no, you can, what am I doing? Like, I am not allowed to walk back in that door until 1230. So like recreating my own boundaries and that. And like now, yeah, like it's ebb and flow. Like, wait, no, like just because I don't know, I think that I'm the mother. So I need to, should be doing these things. Like, why, why can't, why can't he do those things? <laughs> well, and how cool, this goes back to gender studies of my youth, but I am just so excited to hear from my girls as they grow older and we get to tell them, you had so much time with dad when you were three and turning one. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see how that shapes them. I will say like, 
Chris softened me as a woman and is patient and speaks slower than me. Um, and I'm so excited for my girls to have that presence that changed my life and what that will look like in the future when we're both entrepreneurs and the girls are back in school, we get to find out in a couple weeks, but how exciting to look forward to a new chapter versus being like, okay, what should I be doing? What's not working? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I love this. Okay. I'm going to ask you the questions. I ask everybody, what is a go-to to raise your joy levels when you feel like you may be out of alignment, but you're like, oh, I can't just schedule a day and to do these things. But like right now, let me get back in my joy. Yeah. Outside. Mother Go outside. Earth. Yeah. Sun. Hands of su- dirt. Barefoot. Not surprising. <laughs> yeah. From the, oh, we didn't even talk about like you're creating the goal hikes, which I think is like so epic. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Gold hike, yeah. Gold hikes, love that. There's with everybody, as you can tell. I just love talking to people and hearing their stories. I'm like, oh, right, I didn't even talk about this. I know I could stay here forever. Um, okay. This I ask everybody this question of this thought I had earlier this year, and then keep showing up in different ways. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you, which is like, duh. But (laughs) sometimes we need to re-remember what is easiest for me is to. But what is best for me is to. Hmm. What's easiest for me is to network with other humans and be out there. Mm. I can get my business card and connect people. It's my favorite thing to do. And it comes naturally. It's so easy. And yet what's best for me is to pause and check in and have a boundary of 24 hours before I say yes to any event. Oh, so you're saying what comes naturally is a network. So like you being out in the world and being like, hey, yeah, I'm Jackie, blah, blah, blah. I can teach you, blah, blah, blah. I could do a coach, blah, blah, blah. But let's talk about this. Or I could coach you. Like you're naturally like talking yourself up. That's amazing. Me or other people. Who do you want right. to know? Oh, I can connect you to four people to make your goal come to life. Let's do it. I'll intro you in five seconds. And I do. So okay. are you like generally like starting conversations with people? Like what's your goal? Or like. Yeah, sure. Like I'll meet someone at a coffee shop and be like, so what matters to you? How can I help? And they're like, what is happening? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, I almost forgot about this. So, you know, I have the products and I don't think I've sent you a keychain. This is part of the podcast that I have everybody pick. These are the phrases. Can you see them? Yeah. From the keychains. Um to pick not necessarily which phrase they like the most, but which they feel they need to be reminded of the most right now in their life. I am here now. I am here now. And why is that one? As a networker, as someone who loves to listen to other people's goals, I am a dreamer and very future-based. I'll go to bed looking at my calendar, dreaming of my to-do list, and I will be out of the present moment and I'll be in tomorrow before it happens. And I will do that even with my children. I'm making eye contact, but I'm not there because I'm thinking about something I said wrong or a speaking event coming up. So I am here now. I play with that one often and I I would like to play with it more as a way to keep being in the moment, knowing that all those things are already in place or happening on my calendar, thinking about them isn't doing any good. Yes, I love that. And oh my God, it's it's talking about, being like eye contact with your kids 
and being in a different place, I sometimes realize when I'm reading them bedtime stories that I have no idea what I've just said. Because sometimes my mind will like go into like, what am I doing after? Okay, they're going to bed and I'm going to try to do this or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, what? I don't even know what I just read. People live their life that way. That's what I'm like. I'm great for the awareness when I see like, wait, did I just read? Or like, I don't remember that part of the story where I've read it like 25 times. Okay, the last question is the name of the podcast is Claim It, meaning that it's up to us to claim our joy, our worth, our time, our value, our goals, <laughs> our enoughness. What are you claiming for yourself right now? It's like game show. My I am claiming my worth. Mm. And that not equaling money. Yes. Equaling the time I spend and where I spend it. Love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I went like a little bit over than the time allotted because we were like chatting about recording stuff. (laughs) No, it's perfect. I had a lovely time. I love her so much. I actually have never met Jackie in person, but she feels like she feels like my people and we're going to meet and we are going to be BFFs beyond what we already are in the internet world. <laughs> uh, for more on this episode, go to yourjoyologist.com slash podcast to find show notes, links to everything, including Jackie's new speaking course, Goal Speak. There's a link for that there. You can also find everything Jackie, including her course at JackieCar.com with two R's. And on Instagram, she's at Jackie Carr, C-A-R-R. For all things me, yourdwellgist.com. I'm at yourdwellgist on Instagram. We love to hear from you. What were your favorite parts? Share the episode. Tag us. And of course, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get episodes downloaded weekly. Leave a review where you're listening. I love to hear from you. And as a gift, Screenshot me re- your review, send it to podcast at yourdialogist.com. And each week I pick someone to win a box full of my inspiring products. Yeah, just like I have everybody pick a keychain. I've got the affirmation deck, mugs, journals, magnets, all sorts of things. And you can just go shop that line at yourdialogist.com. <laughs> so send me an email, send me a DM, share the episode with your friends. I'm always available for feedback. And also, again, check out Jackie's Goal Speak course. Amazing information for having any sort of conversation. You know, it's not just for like if you want to be a public speaker, you want to be able to speak up more at work, you want to ask for a raise, you want to have those challenging conversations that you're afraid to have in your life. Awesome. Go check her out. And I'll leave you with the final thought of right now in your life, where can you apply my question of what is easiest for me is what is best for me is. And I always love hearing those answers too. DM me at your geologist and go own your awesome.